Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to... Oh, thank you. Welcome to... Welcome to Encounter Church this morning. I'm so excited to see all the beautiful faces out there. Um, but if you've never met me before, if this may be your first time here, uh, my name is Aaron Ashton, and I am the worship pastor here at Encounter. Uh, but sometimes I get a really good opportunity, thanks to our wonderful pastor Jared, to, to do this from time to time. So I'm excited just to share what God's been speaking to me with you guys today, um, just as we continue this wonderful series of heroes and villains that we're doing. So um, a couple weeks ago, we, we talked about, in this series, we talked about the three Jewish guys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the story that happened um, thousands of years ago where they um, had an opportunity to, to show that they were eager to serve who God was in their lives. And what ended up happening was they were thrown into a burning furnace and God saved them. And that's an awesome story that I've, I've grown up with. And just hearing that again and, and hearing about how we can um, you know, live a life similar to them today is really cool. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about Jezebel and how a lot of times we're struggling through life with the things that, that can hold us back from, from what God has for us and, and things that a lot of times will get in the way. And so um, just talking about the things that, that God can do in our lives just to, to get us through that, right? And then took a, a little bit of a break last week to hang out together to eat some delicious food and spend time together. But today... I would like to progress with this series and talk about a man in the Bible named Daniel, all right? And you might know his story, you might not, not sure, but a um, very popular story of Daniel is that, as this picture shows, that he was the one who was thrown into a den of lions because of something that I'll talk about in a minute. Don't want to give it up. Um, but a little uh, asterisk, spoiler alert, like you do on Facebook, don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about Daniel today and just the ways that Daniel um, really focused on who God was in his life, how Daniel pursued God consistently throughout his life, and because of that, um, he was able to really um, have a have an incredible story of just miraculous things that took place in his life. Um, so we'll do that today, but just before we dive into the story, um, I'm going to do a, a nice chunk of scripture reading with you guys today just to give you the idea of the story so that we can kind of unpack it together. But before I do that, um, we'll open up in Daniel chapter 1 so you can get that out on your tablet or your phone or your Bible if you want to. Um, but just to give you some background on who Daniel was, he was a Jewish man and in his in this time, um, in, in this portion that we'll be reading in the scripture, he was a teenager. So he was about 15 years old or so. And what happened was the he was part of Jerusalem growing up. And the nation of Babylon was very strong at that time. And what happened was they overcame Jerusalem and they took a bunch of the people, uh, the Jews from that area, and took them to Babylon. So um, there's a bunch of people from, uh, from Jerusalem that are over in Babylon now, one of them being Daniel, some of his friends. And Nebuchadnezzar was the king at this time. And what he wanted to do was he took a group of um, young men, he said, I want, I want the young, attractive, strong, smart people. I want you to gather all of them, bring them to me. And for three years, 
he was going to train them and teach them in the ways of um, of Babylon. So basically, he wanted to take their culture, completely remove it from them, and set them into the culture of Babylon so that they could be on board with all the plans and things that he had for that nation. So um, one of the things that took place is in the very first chapter, uh, what happened was he wanted to, or Nebuchadnezzar wanted to give all these uh, young men the best food, the best wine, and, and just the best of the best for them so that they would be strong and, and you know smart and always attentive and ready to do the things that he had to teach them. Um, but Daniel, he knew that, that he couldn't eat all the things that the king had for them because in that time, uh, there were foods that were considered to be unclean. And um, so that's where we pick up here in Daniel chapter 1. So in verse 11, it says this. This is Daniel's response to uh, the king telling them that they had to eat this food. So he says, it says that Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. And at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. So basically he's saying, I know that it's weird that we want to eat vegetables and water because that's what he was bringing to the table. They're like, we don't want you to do that because you'll be really weak. But Daniel is trying to convince him, just let us do that, see what happens, because I believe that God will, um, will make it even better than if we were eating meat. So then um, God gave these, I'm sorry, uh, verse 15 says, um, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided by or provided for the others. And then God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. So the reason I wanted to share that briefly before we dive into the the more well-known story of the lion's den is because I thought it was really interesting that this chapter of Daniel or this book of Daniel, it starts out with this story. And I believe it's because um, I wanted to just show how dedicated Daniel was to, to God and who he was. So you can see, obviously, if Daniel wasn't going to eat this food that was considered unclean at that time, that Daniel knew the scripture that he grew up with. He was studying it. He was pursuing God as a young man. And because of that, this is what happened. And, and he believed that God would be able to use something that doesn't seem like it would make you nice and strong um, with just eating vegetables and water. But he knew that God would bless him for that. So um, I just think it was really important to, to note that, that Daniel was very committed to serving and seeking God. So um, I think that's kind of like the foundation of Daniel's life right there. It's a good example of how he lived his life. So uh, we're going to jump forward a little bit. And uh, years later, I mean, in my, my brief studies, I think that Daniel was about 80 years old at this time. So that's quick math in my head, about 65 years, I guess, right? 15 plus 65 is 80. <laughs> so about 65 years later, Daniel is an older man. And uh, pretty much what's happened between that point, the 65 years, is really a whole lot has happened in that nation. So um, it went from Babylon. There was a couple different kings that were part of it. And Daniel was always you know, in the forefront of plans and things that were happening in, in the nation because God just gave him so much favor and, and wisdom. 
and eventually it turned over into um, the nation of the Medes and the Persians because they overruled the Babylonians. So I know there's like a lot of things happening here, but now we are in the time where the Medes and the Persians are ruling, and uh, King Darius is the king of the Medes and Persians, and Daniel now works for him, all right? So that's where we're at. And uh, what, happened, what Daniel's role was, was he oversaw all of the rulers um, of 120 different provinces in that nation. So he was almost like he was kind of like a senator, like he would oversee all those people. They would report to him, and he would make sure everyone was doing their thing, right? So then we're going to um, dive into Daniel chapter 6, and starting in verse 3, we'll, we'll go from there, all right? So it says that Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. As he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Isn't that just fantastic? <laughs> they were trying so hard to tear Daniel down, but they couldn't. He was literally, in their eyes, like, perfect. So um, he was, you know, I think, I don't think he was trying really hard necessarily just to be perfect, but I just think that that's what happened because he was just pursuing God and he was doing what God wanted him to do. And so they were like, well, I guess we'll just go with that and we'll just have to um, figure out a way to get him arrested or something for his religion. So... Uh, the administrators came up with the plan. The, the administrators and high officers went to the king and said this. I think it's so funny how much they suck up to the king in this person. <laughs> but they say, long live King Darius. We were all in agreement, all but Daniel, I'm assuming. We were all in agreement, we administrators, high officials, high officers, officials, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders for the next 30 days that any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign a law so that it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law, just to him, like, why not? Um, as Jared mentioned a couple weeks ago, at this time, I think the reason that kings were so all about this worshiping me thing is because they honestly thought that they were gods. So, um, you know, we worship gods, we worship the God, <laughs> but in this time, this culture, they would just worship a bunch of different gods. So one of their gods was Darius. So he was like, yeah, that makes sense. We'll do that. Not really thinking much about it. I don't think so. Um, when Daniel learned that this law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done giving thanks to his God. Uh, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about this law. It's like, just in case he forgot, king. Um, did, you did you not sign a, law if you, uh, uh, sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It's official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So then they told the king, that man, Daniel... One of the captives from Judah is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to God three times a day. So hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. 
So the king, I believe he obviously really liked Daniel. He knew that Daniel was a great guy. He, I mean, if he's, if he's overseeing 120 provinces, I think that the king thought a whole lot of him. So the king is in distress because of this, because he's like, oh, no, I think they did this because they don't like him. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it. So the king is trying to figure out how to get Daniel out of this. So then in the evening, the men, again, just to remind the king, because they're like, hey, he hasn't arrested him yet. Let's, let's try again. So they come back in again and say basically the same thing. So they say, hey, your law can't be changed. It can't be revoked. So what's happening? We need to arrest this guy. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And then in verse 17, it says, the stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. So very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out into the lion's den. When he got there, he caught out in anguish and said, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? And then Daniel answered, Long live the king. <laughs> he says, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. So the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. I think that's so awesome. I think that the reason... I mean, that little comma there, for he had trusted in his God is so important because it's like just reminding us, because Daniel had faith and trust in his God, literally not even a scratch was found on him. He was thrown into a den of hungry, ravenous, vicious lions, but yet not one scratch was found. So the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and he had thrown him into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Jeez, <laughs> I think the king was pretty mad. So the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. So we go from not even a scratch on Daniel to I didn't even hit the floor and I'm already eaten. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, but then the king Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world and said, Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Wow, that's so cool. I love that story because, um, you know, it's just incredible to see that God was faithful to this man who who really just wanted to serve him. Um, so a couple of things that I was just thinking throughout it, though. I mean, it's such a crazy story that's like a big roller coaster of emotion, I think. But trying to imagine what Daniel must have felt in that time whenever he was arrested, whenever he found out he's going to be thrown into a den of hungry lions, like how how would you feel about that? I can't even imagine his emotions. I feel like, um, I mean, if, if if I were in that place, I'd probably be, mixture of like terrified but it seems you know Daniel had a lot of faith in God so maybe he was terrified maybe he was at peace who knows but I feel like just the the roller coaster of emotions there was was um just crazy but 
for me, I feel like, you know, a lot of times we're dealing with things like that in our life. I know that if I ask you guys today, if I say, have any of you guys been thrown into a lion's den? I'm going to assume that you're not going to say yes. <laughs> um, but I feel like there is some parallels that can be drawn here because, yes, we haven't been physically thrown into a den of hungry, ravenous lions, but I know that throughout your life, um, there must have been times where you've been struggling with things where maybe you hit a brick wall whenever you were just you know going about your way, doing your life consistently, going through your routines and stuff, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere, just something slaps you right across the face and, and you have no idea where to go from that. Um, but I know for me, I've been in a situation like that before. Um, sometimes it's just been little things, but um, specifically I felt like it would be cool to share, share with you guys uh, a story of my life that not a whole lot of people know, honestly. Um, so we're going to get real deep here. Like uh, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this, it reminded me of being in high school, having like slumber, slumber parties and stuff, and everyone's like sharing all the dirty details of their life. It's like, oh my gosh, did you hear what Eli said over there? I can't believe he did that, and things like that. So I'm just going to be completely vulnerable to you guys today, if that's all right. Is that cool? Yeah? All right. All right. So we're going to do that because I feel like as I was preparing for this, I felt like God just really wanted me to share this with you today. So uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit hard for me, but we're going to get through it. All right. So um, let's see here. The year is 2014. And uh, what I was doing in 2014 was I was part of University of Valley Forge. And uh, I was... Uh, part of their worship team is called Chosen 12. I got this really awesome rock star picture of me doing doing my thing up here. So that was my life right there. I was playing some bass, slapping the bass, and uh, just playing some music. Um, I was a part of the worship team there. What we would do is we would go to different churches, and uh, we would go to different youth camps and things throughout the summertime. And we would have all these songs prepared, ready to go, and we would just play them for people. Um, we would be the worship team for these youth events and stuff like that. And it was an incredible time. I mean, I was able to be part of um, awesome ministry opportunities that were taking place. I was able to see the lives of youth changed in incredible ways just from what God was doing with them. And it was so much fun. Um, but um, toward the end of that summer, it ended up being, ironically, Friday the 13th. Um, it was in July of that year. Um, I was just hanging out with some friends of mine and, um, uh, just, you know, it was like late at night. We were just doing things that guys do whenever we're all together hanging out. And, um, I ended up making a choice that was incredibly poor and I didn't really think about the choice that I made. I didn't think about the effects that it would have on my life, but what ended up happening was it led to my arrest. So I ended up going from a place of pursuing God, doing ministry for him and doing incredible things for him. And then next thing you know, like literally within a matter of maybe an hour or two, I went from that to leaving the facility I was at because I ended up getting arrested. And, and it was it was in, just crazy. Uh, I had never dealt with anything like that in my life. I've never had any issues with law. I never did anything to intentionally hurt anybody. But But I ended up in this situation where I was literally completely hopeless. And, I oh mean, I remember... I remember the emotions that I was feeling and I was, I was just really scared. I was, um, I just had no clue what the next step was going to be for me. Um, I was lost. I was confused and, and I didn't know what to do. So 
I had two options here. I was either able to just wallow in self-pity, <laughs> which is the easiest thing to do in those situations, or talk to God and just, you know, just shower him with my issues and my problems, the things that I was dealing with. And, and what I decided was to take this moment and, and, and instead of being um, overcome with stress and, and depression and all the negative emotions that would easily be able to take place, what I decided to do was I felt the peace of God in my life. I felt almost as if, um, as like a child would fall over onto the ground as his father comes up and and <laughs> and he helps him up. Um, this is what happens when I try to be vulnerable. <laughs> um, it was just, that's how I felt. I felt just <laughs> his loving arms wrap around me. I think I need more water. <laughs> yeah, well, bear with me here, but um, usually it just takes one cry and then I'm good. Um, but anyway, so what I, I just felt God just wrap me up in his arms, and it was, it was beautiful. And with that, I decided to, instead of, you know, think about the things that had happened to me, I took that and I ran with it, and I, I said to myself, um, I'm going to tell every person that um, that I come into contact with, whether it be the cops, whether it be my lawyer, whoever it may be, I'm just going to tell them that I know that God has an incredible plan for this situation. And uh, that's what I did. So moving forward, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I won't do the spoiler alert thing again. Um, but I'll, you know, close out with that story in the end, just to share with you what God has done in my life since then. But, but as, as I think about that, it's like, I can, I can reflect or I can, um, you know, I can empathize. I feel like with Daniel a little bit because Daniel, he was in a situation where he was, you know, with a den of, of lions and, and I'm in a situation where I have, I've lost everything. I've lost all the plans that I have, um, everything that I was moving forward to in a matter of hours, I just completely lost it. And, and it was, it was a very, very difficult and hopeless situation, but, um, you know, as I look back on it, like, I can just see God's hand on my life in incredible ways, and it's just uh, amazing that I got to be a part of that, because um, I remember growing up, I always felt like, like, God, I want to be able to share with people, like, your your incredible power and might in my life. I want to be able to Thanks, dude. I want to, he gave me tissues too. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> um, he gave, I, I, I would always just tell God, like, it'd be so cool to, to do things like Daniel did or to do things like, like Moses did in the Bible or um, just to be able to be a part of a story where I could share with people what God did in, in a situation that was just empty and hopeless and, and, and um, you know, just something that could just tear me apart. But um, I guess I should use this, huh? Um, so, all right, I feel like for me, I can relate to his situation, and I also feel like for us, we can relate to it, um, because really it all boils down to this idea today, is that um, I think that we need to pursue the one who's pursuing us, because God is constantly pursuing us. It's like I, I picture him on his throne, just like like eagerly waiting, like he's up there like, come on come on, I'm, I'm waiting for you to talk to me. I'm waiting for you just to, just to do your life with me. And as soon as we just turn around and decide to spend some time with God, it's like, he's like, 
yes, all right, let's do this. So I'm going to change your life. <laughs> and that's how I feel like he sees it. So um, for one, I think that the way that we can live our life uh, the way that Daniel did, live a heroic lifestyle is, is um, number one, it all starts with the two of you. So it starts with you and it starts with God. And uh, as you can see in, in the, the stories of Daniel, the way that he appreciated who God was, the way that he s- would seek God throughout his whole life, I think that that is incredibly important to note because um, it says, you know, in the first chapter, as I mentioned, he knew what the scripture said. He knew that he couldn't eat the, the food that was given to him. And even though it made perfect sense that eating all this meat and, and food and all this protein and strong food would make him wise and strong and smart, Daniel knew that if he decided to do what God had called him to do, then God would do even greater than what he could do. It's a lot of do's right there. <laughs> Um, but he knew that God could do things in, in a miraculous way, not just the way that seems logical. So also he prioritized his time with God above everything else. And uh, I think that that's so cool. It's literally the reason that he got arrested is because he he prioritized praying and seeking God. Um, and then another thing that I think that we can be challenged with through Daniel's life is that we need to be confident in our God. See, Daniel... Whenever God called him to do things, Daniel knew that God would do whatever it took for him to make that happen. So even though there was a law that said that you can't pray to your God, Daniel was like, I'm not going to follow that because I know that God's really the only way I can get through this stuff. So Daniel decided immediately, says, he heard about this law, and then he went home and was like, I'm going to pray now. <laughs> so it's like... Obviously, Daniel has, was very confident in who God was. So um, God, you know, he, he gave him so much favor in his life. Um, he didn't just hide in his closet and be like, all right, God, I'm going to pray to you still, but I'm going to do it like over here so no one can see me. But Daniel, like he was just bleeding. Like my God is stronger than you. My God can, can help me and he can, he can bring me through any situation that takes place. Um, so I thought it would be, I honestly asked myself this question. What would I say if someone walked up to me today and said, Aaron, why do you care about God? And I think that what I would say to that person would be, because God has changed my life in very, very significant ways. Because God has taken me from a place of emptiness and brokenness and taken me and and made me alive and full and full of hope and and life. And uh, he's just changed me in a radical way. So... When people would ask me that, that's that's what I would say. But I wonder what we would, what all of us here today would say if someone asked you that. Like, why do you care about God? Like, what has he done for you? Um, and then the last thing would be that we need to trust God no matter what. Because I believe that this story would be significantly different if Daniel didn't trust in his God. It even says the reason that he wasn't touched or scratched by any of the lions in that den was because he had trust in God. And I think that if we trust in God, whether it be in a situation with our finances, if our relationships, whether it be, you know, something we're physically dealing with or struggling with, whatever it may be, if we trust in God, I am 100% confident standing here today in front of you, you can hold me accountable. But if you trust God, I know that he will do the miraculous in your life and he will show himself in a supernatural and a powerful way.
it's it's really as Kylie said, the faith of a mustard seed. Like a mustard seed is like, like if I was holding one right now, you wouldn't be able to see it. That's how small that they are. But that's all that God requires. He said, "You have faith, like a mustard seed. Trust in me, and you can move mountains." So I believe Daniel's life would be significantly changed. I I believe that my life would be so much different if I hadn't decided to trust in God because. You know, I had a choice to um, just be overcome by a situation that was really hopeless. But what I decided to do was I decided to trust in him. I decided to eagerly um, seek him. I decided to just spend time in his presence because there was nothing that I could do. This situation was, was hopeless. There was literally nothing I could do. I should have, like, eternally a record in my name saying, Aaron Ashton did this on this day of July 13th. 2014, but because I decided to serve my God, because I decided to pursue him and to trust in him, today I can stand before you and say that I don't have anything on my record because of what God has done. He he just took something that I did, something uh, just stupid, something that was on my record that could be there forever, and he took it and he completely had it erased through a series of events. And I I can't I can't thank him enough for that. It's just so amazing to see the things the things that happened in my in my life because of what God has done. Huh. So I say this to you because I want I want to encourage you to know that the God who who is in the Bible, the God who delivered Daniel from the den of lions, the God who raised Jesus from death to life. He did something in my life that was incredible. He did something in my life that was supernatural and powerful. And I know that he can do the same exact thing for you. And I'm like a testament right now. Like I'm standing here telling you this because I believe that it should encourage you to know that God is, you know, he is still alive. He is still working in our lives today. So um, the last thing that I thought was really cool in this story was that, you know, Daniel could have gone about his life. He could have gone about the um, just the, the plans and things that he had. And I'm sure that Daniel was serving God. I'm sure that he was um, sharing his faith with other people. But at the end of the story, it says that Darius came to him and he wrote out a decree saying to the entire world, it says that he wrote out a decree to every nation, every language in the entire world, who God was, how strong God was, how he was strong to save Daniel, how he was able to deliver him from a den of angry and vicious lions. And he said that to the entire world. I don't think that Daniel could have even imagined doing something like that, something that that big. But God had plans for for his name to be known throughout the entire world because of this, this story. He didn't have Facebook. He couldn't just post it on there and be like, oh yeah, God's the man. He delivered me from Lion's Den. He had like these men that would like ride around on horses or something like that and that would deliver these things to people. So this is like a huge deal that the king went through all of this so that the world could know who God was. So as I wrap it up here today, thank you guys for listening to this this story of Daniel. I think it's such a powerful powerful moment in history but who knows who knows where I would be if if this didn't take place and obviously it wasn't my plan to get arrested 
I wasn't like waking up that day like, I think I'm going to get arrested today. It sounds like fun. But, you know, I think that God can take any situation, whether it's bleak or whether it's really good. He can take anything and, and he can make it supernatural. He can make it a situation to glorify his name. And I'm grateful for that, that I was able to be part of a situation like that, even though it was, it was a big trial that I, that I had to face for a long time. Just being able to, to tell you today that I was able to be part of God's ultimate plan. So awesome. So today I want to challenge you to pursue the one who is pursuing you. Because I know that he is always pursuing us. I like to share this verse a lot because it, it really speaks to me that, that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. just a beautiful concept thinking of a God who is so powerful and mighty but but he he wants to draw near to us today and he says really all it takes he doesn't say if you draw near to me and do a little dance and get down tonight it doesn't mean that that's what you got to do for God to to pursue you he says draw near to me and I will draw near to you that's all it takes so that's what he wants from you today and then what can I do I'm sorry why do I care about God I think throughout the week Maybe if it's today or, or tomorrow, anytime, I want to challenge you before the, before seven days from now, I want to challenge you to answer this question so that if someone comes up to you on the street and says, why do you care about God? Then you can tell them with confidence who your God is and why you care about him, who he is, what he's done in your life. Just share with them. I mean, it's not like something that you have to study and, and look into. It's just your life. Just share with them what God has done in your life. And then remember the story of Daniel and, and trust God in every single circumstance. And then believe that he can do things so much greater in your life than you can. So as you look at this story, just remember that nothing is too great for God. Nothing is too big for him to handle. People in this world, yeah, they may be powerful. They may have a lot of money. They may have a lot of you know, social status, but no one is too big for God. God's plans for you are greater than your plans for you. So uh, just remember this story. I want to encourage you just to keep in mind that, that God has what's best in store for you today. And if you just give him every single part of your life, he will take every single part of your life and make it a supernatural life. So don't just take one thing. Don't just take maybe your money or your your, your possessions and just keep hold of your family or your, your control of your life or your time, but give him everything because I know that when you do that, he will take all that and he will make your life incredible. He will do amazing, amazing things through you. And that's, that's, all, that's all I want for you today because it's an incredible life to live. I promise you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.